Hello, I'm Fox from Grapple Arcade on bbgwrestling.com and welcome to part two of our interview with TTD. We've spoken previously where I said I was caught off guard a number of... God, it must have been close to a decade or so ago now where a similar situation, Matt contacted me out of the blue and asked for a custom Hasbro to be made. And I was like, course, uh, yeah. what? Um, <laughs> I was like, what? Who are you? And I knew who he was, but I was just I just couldn't work out whether it was real or not, you know? And, and I knew he knocked about on the forums at the time and I couldn't work it out. He said, and he sent me a sort. He said, "Look, please don't." It was before he came out on the on the on the forums, and people knew who he was. Um, but he said, "Look, I'm I'm so and so," and he sent me a picture of of himself holding up his the username for the forums at the time. I'm like, oh, holy shit! <laughs> and, and I remember at the time. This is leading on to a question I'm going to ask you, by the way. So I'm not I'm not just flaunting. <laughs> yeah. I like but, that. Um, I remember at the time, like thinking. I, I don't yeah yes is the answer um mr Ryder yes um but I'm not quite sure how to go about it right now I'm gonna have to give it a think because I haven't made anything in ages and the last few things I've made like one was for Terry Funk one was for a, a couple of other wrestlers when I got the chance to meet those guys and Matt had seen them and said can, can I order one so I was like yeah absolutely so he sent me a, again a picture of him so he sent me a couple of profile pictures sent me some really detailed photos which I've still got of his early um, ring attire is purple and orange attire with the long leg and the in the trunk on the other on, the, on his other leg, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, man. And I just knew it was going to be really fun to make, but I really struggled with with a head. And I didn't. And and I wasn't using um, Mattel heads or non Hasbro heads. I was very sort of true to Hasbro figures back then. Like I was only using Hasbro parts to make customs with. So I was toying around with different heads and I made a couple of different heads and I made one with, I think, initially a Tito Santana head and I showed him it and, and I could tell he wasn't keen. He was being pleasant, but he wasn't keen. I could just tell. I was like, I was like don't worry, don't worry. I'll start again. I'll, I've, I've, got, I've got another um, method in mind. And I can't remember in the end which one I settled on. It might have been a Rick Martel modified head. Okay, maybe Piper. Yeah. I can't remember now, but it was a grinning smirk, put it that way, you know. And I made a removable jacket and a removable headband um, and glasses and stuff. And 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 in the end, he seemed pleased. He seemed happy with it anyway. And, you know, he sent that photo from posing with, which was which was dope for me as a customizer for somebody to, to get in touch. And it wasn't like it was a trade or anything. He off, he, he went out of his way to say, I'm, I want to buy it. You know, he, he made it a commission. And I thought that's really cool. And that stuck with me as somebody's gone out of the way from their height of notoriety to contact me and say, I want to purchase your your ability. You know what I mean? I want you to make something. It wasn't just like, do us a favor because I'm famous. It was yeah. back then. And I thought it was really, really cool. And, you know, and he's, linked he's into a that cool dude well. like that, you know, and well, there are the, there are a lot of people who take the piss, you know, and who want well, to Well, in real life, mate. Tell me about it in the music side of things as well, making music for a long time. I've made music for adverts for different companies, for um, musicians, produced bands, etc., etc., etc. And the amount of people who take the absolute piss um, because they want things for free or 
they claim it's not what they wanted. So then you you agree that, okay, well, I'm sorry that it's not what, you know, you asked for the color red and I've given you 10 different shades of color red. Now you're still not happy because now you've changed your mind. You want the color blue, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's, you get a lot of that with the audio as well. And then you find out later on that they've actually, you know, you've, you've said, well, well, that, that's, it is what it is. I'm sorry. We couldn't work it out. I won't charge you for my time. Then you find out later on that they've actually gone and used that, that, music that you produced anyway and they've got it for free now and you just think you want okay. to and it happens and it happens so when you come yeah. across people who want to um you know in a way with yourself especially help you grow it's it's a really fond thing to happen and and i'll i'll briefly mention that um major pod as well also reached in to their pockets and provide us with some merch for one of our competitions that we did when we were doing the uh, the custom charity. Um, uh, yes. um, and I think Tippy ended up, before I knew Tippy, he, that's how we became how we became to know him. He ended up winning that with his Ultimate Warrior custom. Of course which he was, did, uh, yeah. By judges. But the the idea was that all of those figures went off um onto different platforms to say to for sale. They all sold. The whole project raised about four hundred quid, I think it was, for charity in the end. Great. Um, and the the winner ultimately got a prize pot of merch that I provided, that a couple of our friends of the show provided, and Major Pod being one of them who provided some signed stuff. And I just thought it was really cool of them because they, they could see the bigger picture of what it was all for. So that was ace. But brilliant. So the reason I'm discussing why I made that custom figure is because, as I mentioned, that at first I realised in my heart of hearts that Matt, Zach, wasn't hugely... I could tell that he liked the figure, but he wasn't really into the head. And I knew that he wasn't into the head design and the hair sculpt that I'd made at the time. Um, and he was being very polite about, you know, saying as much. But I took it. I was like, right, no, 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 it's okay. I, I'm familiar with this, with music. It's all good. I'm happy to start that again. It's not a problem at all. Uh, you're a customer. This is how we do it. And and ended up making something that I believe he he, he liked in the end. You know, he, he was he was quite willing to accept it at that point. Um, have you ever been in a situation then with your designs where you've designed something for the team, and either you've said no, that shit, I'm not sending it to those guys. I don't want to be associated with that. Um, it's ended up on the cutting room floor. Or have they said it's not quite what we're looking for and being a bit more polite about it? Or have has it all just worked out perfectly well and everything's just gone perfect first time and everybody's been happy? <laughs> it's funny you say that. Now, I'm going back to go on, on your Hasbro, by the way. I, I, I don't think I told you this, but when I said it to Matt, Matt said, uh, oh, wow. And uh, and he still got it. So, no way. So, he, so he definitely did think highly of it. He still got it. Oh, um, that's you know what? That's mint. Please tell him that I'm absolutely over the moon about that. I, I will absolutely um <laughs> but um but yeah so geez I, so the guys have said them, themselves quite a bit that we're kind of we've got to a point where we're on the same wavelength for the most part so yeah. when i'm doing so so this is for the podcast guys in particular when i'm doing stuff for them i tend to be it gear or a pod designer quite often it's a roundabout sort of where I think it needs to be and don't get me wrong quite often we'll go back we'll make tweaks to things that happens all the time in any design process say actually can you change this this and this and this and I do um, and I sort of built that into my mental time frame so work, working full-time I keep a calendar of everything that I'm working on it tends to be you know I'm doing 40 hours a week in the day job 
then I've got maybe 20 plus hours a week on the podcast. Then when it's not locked down, I'm doing football coaching as well. And and that's that's why I'm not doing a, a lot of other stuff outside of the podcast. So you don't see me as much maybe doing things for other wrestlers and things. Geez, that, that's a pity if I'm being honest. I know this is going off on a tangent, but probably once a week, I'm having to say really sorry to someone who comes to me wanting gear. Um, more often than not with, with other logo design and stuff like that. And in a perfect world, I would absolutely love to do all of this for everyone. I really would, because there's no real great honor. As, as you know, when someone coming to you and saying, we love what you do, could you do this for us? Don't get me wrong, some people just know that you're a designer and think they might be able to get something for cheap. But for the most part, I think 90% of people come to you because they love your work and, and they want to do something with you and want you to create something for them. And when I have to say no to those people, it's it's gutting. I don't like doing it, but, you know, there's only so much time you can physically uh, stay awake to work. Yeah, and, shit. Yeah. and I've got a family in that. But anyway, that's that's a proper tangent. But long and short is we've we've worked on so much together that I think a lot of the time it, it hits the mark and you go back and you might have some changes I'm a little bit of a perfectionist if there's something that I've designed that I don't like I'm not I, I generally just redo it so I don't usually say oh here you go I, I'm not so keen on this and then that's just sort of I, I guess one of the processes I've got and, and you know there's times when you're working through a design and it starts off and you're like I don't like this but then actually as you progress it you add color all that jazz it, it comes good there was um there was something very recently very recently within the last two weeks um so i've done quite a lot of gear for matt and brian and done quite a bit recently and i took um i took a bit of a punt on something recently for brian and sent it to him uh, and his response was i love you dude but absolutely no way <laughs> Um, whereas Matt loved it and Matt wanted him to get it but um, so I won't go into the detail of what that is and one day the world might might see that design um, I knew it was definitely out of keeping with the persona and, and some of the stuff that we've done to date but I just thought it'd be cool to see um, so yeah it was cool as a design but not something that's ever going to make it to to fruition but, um, I'm gonna put it out there now and say it was the Mr. Nanny Pink tutu leotard that Hogan wore. That's what you designed. <laughs> and that's that's what that's what the world's gonna hear. <laughs> it, it wasn't that, but you know, <laughs> Brian's comment was afterwards, I'd look like Doink the Clown. So <laughs> let's let's just let's just say there's a lot of colour in it. Well, um, I mean, he's, he's donned up as the, he's donned up as uh, Jean Pierre Lafitte as the pirate. So you know what I mean. He can go through 94, 95 characters for all I care. I'd be up for that. Yeah, although yeah. that was that was a Photoshop. <laughs> well, still doesn't matter. But yeah, but, I'm <laughs> but no, no, no but... not in my eyes, it wasn't. He, he definitely <laughs> dressed up. <laughs> but um, but no, I, I think for the most part, I think working with the guys for for so long on that most of the stuff is 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 one and done or with with small small tweaks and done and that's that's the beauty of working for people for so long there's other bits and pieces um particularly gear where you know sometimes and, and i'm not taking additional commissions for stuff like this now but when i when i was doing maybe a bit less time on the pod uh, and able to take things on a gear design might take longer for someone else because sometimes someone would come to you and they wouldn't really have an idea as 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 to what they wanted 
um, and you don't really know their personalities and things like that. So you throw something to see if it sticks or you throw elements of it. Gear design takes longer for me because the the first time that I've done gear design, so this is 2019. Um, I've been working with the pod since October 2018. Matt drops me a note and says, hey, do you want to design my gear for WrestleMania? And I'm like, shit, really? You want me? You sure? Um, I didn't say you sure because 100% I'm doing it, right? Uh, you're not gonna, you're not gonna turn that away, but you, you go into panic mode a little bit there internally. And it's like you saying about where you hadn't done the customs for a couple of years, and you're thinking, Shh, this is something that's maybe going to be on a big stage, eyes on, and it's my first time doing it. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'll design your gear. That's cool. Um, but I wanted. Oh yeah, to... I, I was shitting at making a custom after that. Yeah, I didn't want to fuck it up for him. So God knows how you felt. <laughs> yeah, this is this is gear for WrestleMania, and and let's be clear at this point, Matt's Matt's not sure what he's doing in WrestleMania. Uh, Brian will have been the same. Uh, I think Brian even said he was thinking he was going to be in the uh, in the Andre, you know, in the Battle Royal on the pre-show. Um, so anyway, I do this. I do this gear for Matt, and. I did his first gear design, so we do a little bit of back and forth on there, but it's quite clear. And Matt's amazing because Matt has a really clear picture in his mind of of what he wants. And Matt, when when you talk creative, right, his mind is one of the most creative minds I know. So any designs that we put out there or or things like that, invariably nine out of ten times, it's Matt's had it all in his head. And sometimes he throws something down on paper and 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 gives it to me and and he said a few times that he's had something in his head and then I've brought it to life so it's that it's good type of partnership like that but, yeah. but absolutely make no bones about it. Matt is a creative force he comes up with these ideas so Matt had the idea for the gear I wanted to present it in a way that I guess was really eye-catching and and not having done gear design or anything like that you know I, you, you go online and you look and I saw quite a few examples of where people had done tights or trunks and knee pads. And you had maybe a front view and a back view and it's flat. And I was thinking, but I want to know what it's going to look like on him. So I took um, inspiration from the Hasbro input drawings, you know, the, the Ron Ruda, Dan Price, all those guys that were doing that for Hasbro, where you had the, the white paper, the line at the bottom, the front and the back view of the figure, sometimes the side, uh, and then notes around it. And, and I basically took that template drew Matt front and back uh, and put the gear on him like that um, yeah. and which which really well was received we went back through a few iterations and since then it's kind of been like pretty much just a, a, a couple of changes and, and we're done off the back of seeing that then Brian asked for the gear to be for his gear to be done as well obviously not matching gear with Matt because again Brian's thinking you know they're going to be in the Andre maybe and he wants something to stand out and you know it's we went with the Jets colours the green Jets colours he was only wearing orange and blue at that point and and they were talking about it on a pod recently how, how Vince had, had initially didn't want to go with that idea of that gear he'd said no and, and Brian pushed and, and was allowed to do it but long and short of it is you know then they're rocking up to Wrestlemania they get announced that they're, they're going for the tag team championships just before WrestleMania, and then and then on the night they win them. So like the first gear I've designed is worn at WrestleMania by guys winning the titles, which is fucking insane to me, right? 
Madness, mate. Do you think, out of curiosity there, then, do you think Vince pushing back then is because he knew what the plan was for them to be a tag? And that's why he was saying, we don't want you to wear that gear that you want to wear because it doesn't resemble our vision of what a tag team are going to be doing together, but without saying as much? Do you know? No, I mean, I think I think Brian's view is that him going in and, and making that point of him wanting to wear it because it's he's a hometown boy, he's going yeah, yeah. back to New York, it's it's the Jets gear, you know, building on that, I think, and you know, and, and Brian said as much, so I'm really just stealing what he thinks, uh-huh. that, that that maybe planted the seed then at that point where Vince is maybe thinking hometown guys Let's put him in. Uh, let's, let's get a pop. Right, okay, okay. It's the actual so, reverse of that, then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it could well be that that Brian pushing to have that gear is then what's you know led them going to have the match. Now I'm not saying that I'm in any way a part of that because that's the gear that Brian had in mind that he was going to have made, irrespective of, of who designed it or, or whatnot. He's going to have had gear like that no matter what. But but yeah, it seems to be the way. But but to have been in that situation, you know, that's, that's crazy. To yeah, me. yeah, man. Designed gear. Uh, it's worn at WrestleMania by guys as they win the title, you know. I did fashion in college and dropped out after three months, you know. And I was clearly never going to do anything in fashion. And the first thing I designed, which I guess you could kind of say is fashion-related, is is on that stage, which is phenomenal. I think I've been quite lucky because, you know, I've done... I've not done loads of gear for lots of people. Whilst lots of people have asked, it's sort of doing that template um the drawing the rest of them and the way that i want to do the gear i tried doing a generic template a little while back didn't really work out didn't like it uh, that's an example of where i've done something and didn't like it i'd I put gear on a generic template so i thought i can use a generic person to display the gear and then i can maybe do it quicker and all that and it just didn't have the personal touch that i wanted so anyway that aside but some of the guys that i've done gear for you know whether it's Zicky Dice, and he was then wearing that gear when he won the the NWA television title, or Brody, and he was wearing that gear then when he lifted the the TNT title. And I was like sitting back thinking, I've I've only done gear for a handful of guys, and they've won titles when they've been wearing it. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. So there's two things there to all uh, budding wrestlers: um, get close with your promoter, get close with the booker, get close with the management. Tell them that you want to wear hometown hero colours and then get TTT to design it for you. And uh, you'll be walking out with a title at night. Simple as that, really. I think that's... That's the theory. That's the the plan. (laughs) That's the idea. Um, I might try that for my next next promotional uh, interview at work um, when it comes time for my my appraisal. I'll uh, (laughs) I'll get you to design my suit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and walk in there and demand a raise, but yeah, yeah no, um, that, that I, that's happen. amazing, man. <laughs> that, no, right. that one happened. <laughs> but I, and I, shit, I totally went off on a tangent there from what you originally asked because oh. um, it was, you know, you obviously you were saying about is there any ever a time that I do stuff that I'm unhappy with, and it's like, sounds not like really. no is the answer. <laughs> no, I did, no, but, did, no, you did. In fairness, you did. You did address it with uh, with with things getting, you know, you, you were kind of there's things where you, there might have been a at best a couple of uh, nah I love you man but let's look at a different direction for that one and occasional tweaks to things but I think it speaks for itself because the amount of time that the reality is the amount of times that they come back to you and ask you to do more stuff yeah so, well that's it I mean at the end of that I think for the podcast you know I'm, I'm on the payroll there mate 
make no bones about that. I guess you know it's yeah. not it's not like um it's not like they'll, they'll come back to me and commission designs here and there. I'm sort of I'm on the payroll, so I'm I'm doing twenty hours a week um in in that space, and that's whatever they want, you know. And I I love it. I wouldn't change that at all. I absolutely love it. Uh, but no, you're right, and I, I think that one in particular, I knew going into that that there was a good chance that 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 was going to be a no. But I thought, you know, just gonna just gonna try, just gonna test the waters. Um, but yeah, I guess I've been sort of lucky in that sense. Now, bear, bear in mind that that's saying that I'm happy with it at the time. So there's stuff that I look back on now um, that I really don't like, and there's a marked difference. I always wanted to create stuff that was really bold and vivid and bright uh, and I like to do stuff um, as a vector so which means it's, it's going to be bright it's going to be scalable so I can I can create something and if someone says I want to put this on a billboard it's going to work on a billboard without me having to do anything to it it's a real pain in the ass to do that so I used to do all my artwork on um, on the desktop, on the laptop, in, in programs um, like Inkscape and Illustrator, just drawing in vector with a little graphics tablet beside me doing it. And then you, you people might not notice it, but there's a real change in my style around, must be June 2019, so when I got the iPad and started working in Procreate. I, I still probably take a lot longer than a lot of other people because I, I do what I do on there in the bold colours, but then I send everything as an individual layer to my laptop and then go into Illustrator, convert each layer to a vector, have it all um, layered up and stuff like that. Again, for that same reason that I know there's going to be never, there's never going to be any kind of quality issue. If someone wants their logo to be, like I said, the size of a, a billboard or a building or whatever, it's infinitely scalable. That's how I like to work, and it trips me up because it probably adds loads of extra time onto the design process, to be honest. But, you know, that's that's kind of the style that I guess I'm known for now. That's that's just me. It works a treat simple as that. <laughs> you know, it's, ah. it's quite as simple as that. Um, well, what we'll do then, mate, is we're going to jump from there into listener questions yeah so there might be friends of the pod be people who've asked us some questions on twitter people who've sent messages through the website people who've uh, reached out in one way shape or form to ask a few questions mm, yeah the grapple arcade hands off the merchandise dig it ladies and gentlemen the new style wrestling action figures from jellatoys.net bring the legend the present and the future back to the classics. Okay, mate. So, first question comes from our good mate Colossus Nick from the HWO. Okay. Nick's asked a couple of questions, as he always tends to do. Nick's great because he's usually one of the first people to kind of get in touch to ask questions for any of our guests. Brilliant. But he always asks several as well. And they're, they're always good questions. Um, yeah, I love Nick. Nick's amazing. Oh, Nick's great. Nick's great. Um, so to start off with, the first question from Nick is, if you could be involved with the rebooking of any cartoon, the rebooting of any cartoon from the 80s or 90s, what would it be and what would you do? Like, what would your involvement be with the reboot of any cartoon franchise that you would love to see back on TV? 
Oh shit, that's that's an amazing question. Um, I know. <laughs> here's the thing, right? I wouldn't want to mess it up, so I'd have to think about where I could actually add value. Mm-hmm. Um, where can I? So, so you have you have to know a product to add value to it. Masters of the Universe is one where I'm I'm getting really back into and really looking into the history of it and everything like that and finding out about a lot about how it's been created and whatnot. But but it's a brand that's been owned by Mattel forever, you know, since its inception. And there's a lot of people there with that knowledge and a and a whole shitload more. So I'm not going to add value there. Um, although I'd love to create new characters, but there's already so many characters and they're so iconic. That, that I don't think the brand needs that. Um, turtles. Oof. I know a lot about turtles. I love turtles. Um, I'm not sure I'd want to see a reboot of turtles, to be honest. Uh, I think they've tried I... a few times, at least with the sort of figures that they brought out and things uh, mm-hmm. later on down that. They brought like sort of more modern turtles out a few years ago and things, didn't they? And um, I, I think they've tried, but I don't know if it worked or not, or if the current. Uh, landscape of kids watching tv if it worked for them or not i've got no idea no 2012 it definitely got really big again and that's when... that long ago actually i thought it was like yeah, so... years ago well no it was again a couple of years ago so 2012 it re it rebranded in a way that was kind of a mix between i guess the 2003 sort of ones um which i've never really watched or got into but i sort of knew of and saw some of the toys it's kind of a mix aesthetically between that and to an extent, the, the, the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s ones that we grew up loving. Yeah. Although our tales were really dorky when you look back at them now. Um, but the 2012 one was kind of cool. That was a that was a modern take on that. The figures are actually really good. I've got I've got some in my display right now, you know. They they were really cool. And then the the more recent one, um, which you're right, was a couple of years ago where well, I think it was the year before last it rebooted. Raph's the leader of the turtles, and they just they look different. They're different sorts of turtles. They're really different in size. It all feels very different. But I don't know if I can add value there. So I think I think the one thing that I know quite a lot about and I'm really passionate about and hasn't really been done would be real Ghostbusters. So it's real there's okay. extreme Ghostbusters. Well not not relaunch. Well it kind of was relaunch. Brand brand came out there. It was like a continuation ego mistake. Yeah. That happened in the nineties. Um I would like to see the cartoon come out now. But obviously you've got the movie that, that would have been out. Um we don't know when that's going to come out now. That almost certainly going to be a younger generation of Ghostbusters, I think sort of glosses over uh, the 2016 version of Ghostbusters, which, you know, I enjoyed as a, as a standalone film. A, a lot of people who really like Ghostbusters, you know, would say that's blasphemy because lots of people hate that film. But that I can take a lot. Of, there's a lot of cool elements in it. There's things that I liked about the film. But I would love to do um, probably a Ghostbusters, a real Ghostbusters reboot. That would be mine be the one that you'd go for I, I i i had to think about this and i started trying to justify why i was putting a few of these names down um i'll, I'll read them out and see where you thought because there might be some, certain things that i mean not, that, that you maybe you watched or you didn't watch but the things i'd love to see now tweaked to work with to, you know for, for today's tv but but keeping their original kind of vibe if you know what i mean in some way shape or form so the yeah. first one is is a uh, mask as in the mighty power that will save the day 
mask. mask I, I was a. I've, I've still got a massive collection of mask figures and vehicles. Like it's one of my uh, non-wrestling collections that I've got, and I absolutely love the Smithereens. The cartoon had a great intro theme. Absolutely loved it. The cartoon itself was absolutely shit. If we're going to be completely honest, um, I, I love it because it was shit, but it was it was crap. That with better writing and better storylines and not just like just nonsense um could be really good because the characters were great they could have a bit more character development going on there i think there's a lot to do with the colors and the funness of the stylization of the stylization and the the music that went on big fan of that stuff so i think mass could be brought back and and to be honest as a franchise don't change the franchise in terms of the figures just bring out just relaunch them as what they were and bring out maybe some additional characters as the series develops i've thought you know, about this <laughs> you know what I, I like it and i would be amazed if mask doesn't because we're a generation it's and i i said this into it i don't know if you saw it i think we're a generation of it's been really lucky with with the programs that have come out and the associated toys but the flip side of that is you know these programs in the 80s were were extended toy commercials so in the when the laws and legislations changed in the US in, in the early 80s, which meant you were allowed to advertise kids' um, toys or, or on TV shows, it changed in that the, the TV programs that were put out, be it He-Man or Brave Star or Transformers, they were each episode was just a long toy commercial. It was just out there to promote kids buying the toys. So Oh, yes. this, some of the storytelling, you know, is is cool, but I think the emphasis from the from the owner's point of view was getting the product out there more so on having a, a brilliant story, and I think that sometimes reflected um, in some of the things. But yeah, but in terms of our generation, I think we've had these toys and we've had these things, and they're they're awesome. And then we've become adults and got nostalgic, and and they're being re-released again. So it's like they've commercialised us once and got us buying all these toys, whether it be new or like we were probably at boot sales. And then boom, blame me. Thirty years down the line, they're re-releasing them again, and we're like, oh, we want them again. So we've gone through buying them, and then buying them at boot sales, and then buying them at inflated inflated prices on eBay, to then buying the redone versions later down the line. So I think we generate a generation that's just being milked constantly <laughs> for, uh, for money on toys. But anyway, sorry, I digress. So Mask, good call. Yeah, yeah, like no, no, absolutely, completely agree with you. I think the problem was with, well, Mask there was linked to, to Hasbro as well. It was a weird one with the, with the uh, toy line, actually, because um, they were kind of, what's the way, what's the best way to describe it? They were, Produced by Kenner, but they were involved with Hasbro as well, and it was just that this weird kind of culmination of everything that was going on with them. Where they only they only ever had one season, you know, of, of TV show. It was purely, as you say, a hundred percent an advert, no bones about it, for the um, for the figures. It only lasted yeah. a year before it was scrapped um, because they ended up moving on to other things. And and it wasn't a bad series. It wasn't bad. It was just it could have been a lot better. But the, to- the toys and visuals are awesome. The toys and the graphics, the logo is just synonymous and just absolutely stunning. And it still is to this day with the red truck, the yellow text, just beautiful. Um, but yeah, Mask is one that I'd like to bring back. Uh, going a little bit later on than that, we had like, I don't know if you ever watched uh, Two Stupid Dogs. I don't know if you're familiar with Two Stupid Dogs at all. It was like, I think it was a Cartoon Network or a Nickelodeon kind of thing. Um, Jeez, I remember the name, but I don't really remember the product. It was very much like, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. It was two dogs. They were very stupid. It was around the time of like Johnny Bravo and all that kind of stuff that was mm. out at the time. It was, it was okay. that stylization of, 
of um kind of angry beavers and all that yeah it was kind of the precursor to that but only just i think it was great i I was a big fan of that and things like rocco's monolife was into all of that kind of stuff uh two stupid dogs was funny where they used to have like it was like five minute long episodes where they'd fight over who wanted to lick the toilet seat things like that and it was just nonsense but i really loved that and i always wished i could bring that back and sort of do something with that um it's a hot topic at the moment mortal kombat their animation that they had out when their gi joe figures were out at the same time i loved it um, yeah. It was crap, but I loved it, and I do believe that that could be done with a reboot. This is me. I've got Lords Rudog and the Dweebs. I'd love to bring that back. <laughs> the, co- the theme tune and the colours and the vibrance of Rudog and the Dweebs is. Um, it reminds me of your style of work, actually. Your logo and things like that, just the neon. I'll take um, that. Yeah, I think it, I, I love that. I love the idea of that. Um, did you ever? Can you remember Josie's Wheeled Warriors at all? Oh, geez, yeah. I'm um, not. Do you know, not so much at the time, but revisiting. So when, like, the internet started to come out and YouTube started to come on and I'd watch, like, theme tunes of, of 80s shows and that, yeah. there's ones on there that I couldn't remember too much about. So is it, is it Jason the Wheeled Warriors? or is it, uh, Josie, is it, it's called Josie. Josie's Wheeled Warriors. It's say, yeah, it, it always, I always assumed yeah. it was Jason with Josie's. Yeah, um, so that, that was one that I only saw retrospectively. Right, you know, oh. I loved it so much, um, but again, it just fitted into that mask mold. You know, it was a very, very similar kind of program, really, with just uh, loads of really weird automobiles that do really trippy, cool things. Um, somewhere in between mask mixed with a bit of transformery, mixed with a little bit of um, I don't know what else it could be. There's, there's all sorts of things going on there. A little bit of. Um, Toxic Crusaders, as opposed to an extent, with the way that the anim- the the way that their vehicles were part carnivore and things like that. Just yeah. it was just random, but a really big fan of it. Um, it's, the, it's them trying to get toys out there, isn't it? It's a they never had a toy line toys. that I'm aware of. Really? Uh, that I'm, I could I've never been able to find. I don't think they've ever had a licensed toy line out. Or if they did, it was like a wow. promotional, like limited run to you know, like a one-off thing. But they never had a formal toy line out, which is madness when you look at all the characters and things that are part of that program, they yeah. are all dying to toys. Main it's... reason why I want to bring it back. <laughs> but uh, Josie's Wheel of Warrior is incredible. Um, and the final one, I know I've, got, I've, sorry, I've just taken over this answer because I just I just got really into thinking about it. Um, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show with, with um, Captain Lou Albano. Wow. Okay, that's a throwback. Now, imagine... The, the cartoon was funny enough, but you know the intro where you've got Captain Lou Albano at the beginning and um, and he's doing the whole sort of like the real life sort of skit before the animation program starts. And then the yeah. final part of the program, Captain Lou Albano doing some real life stuff dressed as Super Mario. Um, imagine the idea of using that today and being able to bring in additional wrestling characters as a sort of crossover. Oh, that would be cool. Wouldn't it, Jeff? Yeah, I, mean, uh, I don't know who I'd bring in yet, but you could have a different character in each sort of days, like either the villain in the animation, and then him and Lou have a. I know Lou won't be in it, but you know, <laughs> um, have a sort of you know a bust up at the beginning or at the end. Or I, I know I just think there's loads of fun to be had with something like that. Um, if if WWE. They're obviously prone to do their sort of crossover shows. And I want to say this, but it doesn't have to be WWE, any wrestling promotion or any brand major pod, just saying. If you did some crossover stuff with like 
WWE have obviously done it with the likes of Scooby-Doo and things like that. Um, yeah. And obviously aimed at a very particular aged audience. But That's the idea of... comes to mind, for sure. Absolutely. But the idea of, of, a, of a brand, wrestling brand doing a crossover with um, a nostalgic act such as Mask or Transformers or something like that, much like WWE have tried to do with the Masters of the Universe figures, um, I just think there's a lot of opportunity for crossover there. I really do. I can't help but get excited about the potential of crossover between wrestlers and Ghostbusters or wrestlers and whatever. Bray Wyatt and all of that stuff going on with the Ghostbusters, man. Yeah, no, I think there's there's lots of scope. I think the uh, the Masters of the Universe stuff was was a layup, really, in that yeah. you've got muscle-bound characters in both properties for a start. Mm. Mattel own Masters of the Universe, and Mattel have got the WWE license for toys. So, you know, I, I know fan artists, I know various people have done things um, where, they, where they've crossed the two over. I'm sure people in Mattel have seen that, but also been doing it themselves as well. So that that felt like something that's probably been conjured up in the background for for quite a while. Uh, yeah, and I guess it's finding it's finding that thing that that appeals to kids now, and and it's worth investing the time and the money of that's required for any kind of cross licensing like that, because you know it's, it's going to be a good outlay. I think that we're probably in a world now where we're not really going to see that on other properties as much. I know we get like, uh, I don't know, uh, the the Masters of the Universe, WWE, you get like nostalgic brands crossing over, like you get Ecto-1 within Transformers, for example, and things like that. I know there's going to be stuff like that. I think there's the the X-Men um, Bluebird uh, in Transformers format and stuff like that. I think most things for WWE, where they're trying to get to the audience that they're getting to, are going to be in, in digital platforms. And yeah. I, it's shit, the thing that you see more than anything, which is a real indicator um, of, of of how the how entertainment is going for kids, but sort of where people's minds are in terms of that cross licensing. Uh, it's Fortnite, so of course, yeah, yeah. You know, course. when when my son, when Riley comes up to me and he says, "Hey, Dad, there's a Terminator skin in Fortnite now," I'm like, "What? <laughs> let, yeah. let me see, let me see." And Predator skin and things like that, and it's that's very, very smart because they know that some of the gamers aren't going to. Uh, some of the game, you know, you've got you've got adults playing it. I know Tippy plays it, um, and and gosh, I'd quite like to. I'm rubbish at it though, but. A lot of the kids aren't necessarily going to know those characters, but older players are, and also the kids' dads are like me. Like so, when Riley's saying, "Hey, look at this Predator skin," I'm thinking, "Oh shit, I want to buy him that Predator skin so I can see it." <laughs> but you know, and I, I think that's where they're coming in, you know, to that sort of market. Definitely agree. I think the gaming market is so it's so untapped for WWE. When you, when you consider, obviously they had a bit of bad fortune with their last game that they brought out. Didn't exactly go to plan. Um, AEW have got a game coming out. We've got a lot of different retro, like Retromania, other different games that are coming out as well. Um, there's a number of different products being out there that are game related. And you just think of the crossover potential. Imagine a wrestler, a WWE wrestler or where, or whomever as part of Super Smash Bros. Like, yeah. You know, a character in that or um, the crossover of world with the likes of Mortal Kombat, where you've got a wrestler as a, as a guy in Mortal Kombat 
or a Street Fighter universe guy or whoever it may be. You could there's so much potential of the idea of having um and, and the beauty is with those kind of fighting games as well. You've got that crossover appeal for, for uh, male and female wrestlers. Yeah. Because it's it's not just it's not a it's not what you know, it's not a male dominated environment, which is brilliant to see that with gaming it's so open now compared to what it was in the 90s and how franchises were in the 90s you know wrestling figures were all bloke wrestling figures when we were hasbro collectors they were all male um and it wasn't until jacks came out and started doing a few a few dare i say token gesture female wrestling figures as managers and valets and then later on they started to bring out your trishes and, and your leaders and things like that but it's that kind of idea that with, with the digital world, as you say, with gaming especially, that all of these gaming franchises have always been mixed gender. Like they've always had, um, you know, your male fighters, female fighters, and all within the same world fighting each other, which has obviously been, you know, it's, it's a topic of debate still somehow in wrestling because I'm, I'm very much open for it's wrestling. We know what it is let whatever happens happen it's all fun at the end of the day I'm, I'm i'm happy for everybody to be involved as much as possible yeah and I, I think the idea of that transferring over into into fighting games as well i mean we all have wrestling computer games where you where there might be a, a, a you know mixed sex mixed gender whatever on within the actual uh within the ring with you know when you're fighting when you're playing whether it's computer playing one-on-one whether you're playing your mates or whatever you, you you can pick anybody you want is my point yeah um, so the idea of being able to transfer that into a game like a, a tekken or a game like a street fighter or a game like mortal Kombat or whatever it may be i just think there's so much crossover potential that's never been tapped into properly yet but some of the other franchises do that themselves already wrestling yeah. hasn't done it yet really yeah you're right and you know marvel versus capcom is a good one where so my, my daughter doesn't game at all she's not interested in games and randomly we we played marvel versus capcom and she loves it and it turns out she's much better um than me at it which you know is disheartening <laughs> because between my kids they can beat me at every single type of game you can play racing games used to be my specialty and football games and nah, actually never football game i used to be able to beat my son at football games that was about it but now he trashes me but marvel versus capcom is a great one i'll I, I tell you what right if they said later on this year we're gonna mattel are gonna put out he-man and the masters of the universe versus the wwe universe a fighting game i would be Does like yeah. where do i sign up 100%. Yeah, I'm well, it depends who's making it. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd be into it, but uh, then, you know, hopefully... Just, to, have the... just to see that. When do you see He-Man fighting Skeletor in a video game, let alone He-Man and Roman Reigns fighting yeah, Skeletor? Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. But hopefully they can source um, somebody like Capcom to develop it. <laughs> it, would would be, uh, be. it would need, need to be. It would need to be, yeah. It would need to play like a fighting game that, that can also happen in wrestling. I think that's the evolving... That's what we need to get into with wrestling games going forward. I think the general way that wrestling games have been for a long time... Um, they're fun, don't get me wrong, but I think you could get away with doing something completely different now. Like I think there's, there's an opportunity to make it a bit different with how you how the mechanics work and i think that's what wwe need to jump into next um yeah i, I mean i haven't really enjoyed the 2k games for a while the last game yeah. that i truly loved was probably the the all-stars one you know yeah, absolutely. Cartoon one. that was yeah. amazing 
absolutely, man. Uh, moving on anyway, because we've, uh, yeah, we've uh, I've, uh, I've dragged that on for longer than I needed to. So cheers for that question, Nick. Um, he also asks, which you've already addressed, uh, what was the what was the feeling like seeing your WrestleMania designs in in person, which uh, you've you've gone into in detail in there. So thanks for that one. But just to reiterate, um, it was a bloody marvelous feeling <laughs> from your point yeah. of view, as you mentioned before. A question yeah. you just asked, and you've kind of answered part A of this already uh, to an extent, so I won't try and get you to, to, to suggest names and things for part A, but part B is an interesting one. So part A, if you could design the gear for any uh, current wrestler, who would it be? You mentioned that you've had a lot of people tapping on your door asking for gear, but you haven't had time to. So I'm not going to you know, ask you to name names necessarily for that one. But part B of that is, or from the past... So, legends of the ring, your favourite wrestlers of yesteryear, if any of those legends of yesteryear, your favourite wrestlers of all time from the past, knocked on your door and and give you an offer you couldn't refuse, who would you, I'd, you know, say three or four of them knocked on your door, which one would you pick? Who would you pick to, to make some gear for? Gosh. Um, the the thing that immediately comes to mind, I guess, is is, is probably a tag team that that I loved so much as a kid and that had matching gear and that were all the sort of all the sorts of colours and things that that I love about wrestling. That was, you know, the Rockers. If I could go back to their heyday and design gear for them. You know, it's it's bright colours, it's neons, it's paint splatter, it's zebra stripes, it's tassels, it's rips, it's everything. It's awesome. Um so you know, any anything where I could get some vivid colour like that. Randy Savage. Randy oh, Savage. Geez, yeah. Night. Absolutely. I can imagine um, some good fun with neon. <laughs> absolutely, you know, I'd, that would be awesome. I think I think you hit nail on the head there. I think the Rockers, Randy Savage, Ultimate Warrior to an extent as well. Uh, obviously bright colours, typically with, with tassels, um, but certainly with, with with the trunks to an extent, uh, and, and jackets as well, but Geez, anyone and gosh, I would. There's no, I wouldn't. I've, there's never been a, a piece of gear that I've designed where I've gone, ah, this. Do I really want to design a piece of gear for this guy? <laughs> never, never that at all, honestly. So, it's if if I could design gear for everyone that that comes to me, I would love to. It doesn't matter if they're just starting out as an independent wrestler or if they're going in for um the, the the title in wwe not that that i'd be able to get a lot of drew mcintyre's gear uh, i i don't think there's not a lot of scope for, for neon <laughs> for neon colors uh, and things there but oh, it really need, doesn't matter to, that's, that's the thing though he needs to start rocking his lime green doesn't he i think that's that's where we need to go next it's the next agency career development Maybe, yeah, but um, the flip side of that is, you know, whilst whilst bright colours is what I put out a lot of the time, the reality is I'm not walking around wearing bright colours, I'm wearing black, and I'm wearing black with sometimes a white logo on my shirt and stuff like that, so I like doing that type of gear too, and it's it's quite good with with Brian and Mark, where um, Brian's is some of the more subtle gear, um, Matt's is is a bit more sort of vibrant, so it gives me an opportunity to do... To do both, really, yeah. as well as as well as Matt's being trunks and knee pads, and Brian's being the singlet with with the tights over the top. It's different styles and different colours. Um, yeah, so I, I get I get lucky and I get to do a little bit. The, the gear I did sort of for Brody Lee was was a lot darker and um, 
a lot flatter being sort of the black and greys again but massively yeah enjoyed working with Brody on that uh, and, and you know obviously it's such a such a tragedy and I think the world absolutely taken by storm really um certainly in a way that I don't think I've seen for another wrestler I felt like I'd been punched in the stomach myself you know waking up and uh, and hearing that news in between Christmas and New Year and then we were working on something um which had kind of just been finalized uh, a couple of months prior which you know the world is obviously never going to see now so but but in terms of in terms of working on on gear there isn't really anyone that I would cherry pick it's nice to be able to say yeah I'll do the rockers or do matching man but really I love doing anyone's I love yeah it. I'm sure, I'm sure. Z- Zicky Dice's was brilliant his gear you know his face a lot of fun. hung out on the front of his trunks and stuff like that yeah. I just love doing anything because it's all experience for me as well you know I want his of course I don't want to be I guess pigeonholed into doing one thing I'm quite happy to do as much as I can but when I've got the time that's there yeah that's the thing. It's when I've got the time. Sean called HWO asks, what does TTD stand for? I know you've already answered that one. It was that, was it the toy dude or that toy dude? The toy dude. Yeah. The absolutely. toy dude. Um, but he does oh. say, um, is it totally terrific dude? Because it should be. Oh, he's a good lad. <laughs> he's, a, he's a really good lad. Actually. All, all the HWO guys are. Yeah. Um, but, do you know what? It's amazing. Considering I've been running with that name since uh, since early 2018, and in the wrestling space since since summer 2018, I've been asked what it stands for probably less than 10 times. Really? Which <laughs> which you know, I'm I'm not saying I want people to take an interest and care, but it's amazing how many people just accept. Yep, yeah, his name's TTD. That's, yeah, yeah. That's what his name is. <laughs> so he's um, fair enough. We we yeah. we used to initially get asked for what does BBG stand for because it does sound like something else and it could stand for <laughs> numerous things that you might type into a search engine. Uh, BBG, mm. but um, but it stands yeah. We we were asked a few times. It's, it stands for broken but glorious, and the reason why that way broken, Matt Hardy, glorious, rude, uh, and that was because it was the original name of the podcast before we amalgamated several pods together to create the BBG network. You see, I so like it. um, it, that's what it originally stood for, broken but glorious podcast. So that's BBG, but no TTD. Um, that that toy dude, I love it. I, I love the simplicity of TTD. It's great. And it sounds yeah, like a play right. on DDT as well, you know, like uh, uh, as in the rest of Jake Roberts' move. So it's like a sort yeah. of ever so slight similarity of the the verbiage. Pure um, coincidence. Yeah, indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, Darch Angel, another HWO dude, asks if he, as in Darch, ever changes his entrance music from Let Me Entertain You uh, by Robbie Williams, um, which other Robbie Williams or Take That song should he choose? And it's up to you. <laughs> Wow. Okay, that's 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 gonna test my creative skills. Um, what would I have? There's okay. There's the, the music that I like people to come out to, and the the music that we were sort of talking about that really gets you going. I don't think exists in that well of um t uh, in that well of take that and um. If you do a remix, really though, how about if you did a remix wow. between a, between a, a sort of metal song or whatever, or a hip, whatever sort of music you're into, but with take that sort of lyrics? That, <laughs> that, that could work, actually, on the, the song that I would say anyway. So, uh, you know, if he wasn't coming out to Let Me Entertain You, I would say that's the best because that's that's my favourite Robbie Williams song. It's punchy. 
relight my fire yes is what i was going to say but actually a metal version of that could be really well sort of think crossover with with seth rollins crossover with okay. uh, kane as you know yeah, yeah. that could all work yeah uh, maybe not it's, uh, no, it that, no, let's do that metal version of relight my fire there you go Doc. yeah as your, as, your, <laughs> as your next entrance music he has to use it now it's the law um Barry Diablo, what a name that is, by the way. Barry Diablo. Ooh, uh, got He's a guy who listens to the show. Um, he, he asks an interesting question. He asks, if you could add some pink and blue neon to any of the following attires, whose would it be? And he's given you the choice out of King Kong Bundy, the Berserker, Skinner, or the Warlord. So you've got to revamp, from what I can understand of this question, you've got to revamp one of those guys. They have to keep their character and their persona, yeah. but you've got to add some splashes of neon paint to I their know. current get-up. So King Kong Bundy, I, the Berserker Skinner, or the Warlord? I know 100% who I'd go for straight away. The yeah. Warlord. Yeah. Such, <laughs> such a physical presence already. Absolute beast. Um, yeah. I love the Warlord. Um, I love his, uh, his time looking at his Hasbro now and his, and his Metallics. I've got in my display, I've got, there's a little section where I've got um, Hasbro's and then behind them the Elite version. I love the, the Warlord Hasbro and I love the Elite version. I especially love the Elite version because like on the, the picture on the box, it's, it's him when he was wearing a, a black mask and they've altered it to be in the silver mask. So it matches yeah. the Hasbro, which is shit hot. But I think that gear... Um, would look awesome with some in your face neon pink and neon blue which which are probably my favorite colors you know hot neon pink and that neon sky blue that combination yeah. is mint throw that in with some black and silver on the warlord yeah. and you've got a fantastic combination i might even just mock that up for fun you should point. because yeah, i think it would yeah. absolutely work even just the idea of imagine you know his staff that he's got the w staff the idea that that's got some kind of magical power, you know, if he stamps it into the ground, like we're talking about the crossover masses of the universe. Yeah. Uh, mass, uh, and, and the idea that he hits it in the ground and all these neon colours come flying out of it, like his drain and power. Oh, man. That would yeah. be amazing. Like Have a play around. Like blue lightning. Yeah, maybe, a neo, maybe underneath that metal plate eye, it's a neon coloured eye shining through yeah. a bit like a bit like the Terminator. But, uh, yeah, there's cool. loads of fun you could have with that, man. If we were booking WWF in the early 90s, eh? Uh, if only. I tell you what, <laughs> he, would have, he would have beat Davy Boy at the UK Rampage. <laughs> Honestly, uh, Warlord could have been champion for me. He, could, they, he should have been mowing everyone down. He's like a Terminator in my eyes. Loved him, but there you go. I was lucky enough to meet him a few years back. Really? Uh, he had, a, funny enough, he had a custom uh, offers, and he is one of the nicest blokes. <laughs> Oh, in wrestling of that time frame he's just so humble he actually got my uh paul in the podcast um he, he put him in a full nelson uh for oh, a full wow. and uh he, he didn't lock it in properly but enough so it looked legit and paul said it fucking knacked <laughs> <laughs> and that's him not putting that's him you know the equivalent of giving him a cuddle you know what yeah, I mean? right. so, <laughs> but uh no, what, he's a lovely, lovely... He's just so humble and so nice. He used to be a bodyguard for 50 Cent for a while as well. Did you know that? Oh, wow. I did not um, know that. After his uh, wrestling career. Um, good dude. Very, very nice dude. So, the, yeah, I agree with you. I think the Warlord's definitely the best choice out of those. Completely agree. Um, figure 5 Dreadlock. That's a great name. Figure 5 that Dreadlock. Is. What a great name. Um, if you could be the newest member unveiled at the next pay-per-view of any faction... 
past or present within wrestling, which faction would it be? So let's oh, say the factions wow. in the okay. ring. They announce TTD is the newest member. They unveil you and you come out to um, that Relight My Fire Metal song. And I'm, just I'm, Dark Angel. I'm not coming out to Relight My Fire Metal. Oh, though. coming out to um, I'd like to come out to something metal. Okay, I'm going to. I need to be in a faction where I can talk a lot and I can wear the t shirt of the faction, yeah. but not get too involved in the in the ring. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm thinking, well, because, hey, I'm not going to be any use to anyone in the ring. I'm thinking I could be a roadie for Chris Jericho in the inner circle. Right. And I would, I could come out to um, what is my favourite, um, it might even be one of my favourite songs, you know, but saying my favourite entrance music is um, Judas. Um, can you know, I, the, the walking out, and I know there's not, the crowds there in the same way but walking out to the ring with with that playing um would just be phenomenal i think i'd do that i think inner circle inner circle t-shirt and black jeans and a pair of nice nike high tops but i'm not actually doing any, anything in the ring i've got a bit of a heel character where i try and cheat people cheat to help someone win, win matches things like that that's the only way i'm going to add any kind of value I love that's it. What, that's what I'm doing. I absolutely love that. That's a good question. I like that. Oh, it's a great question from a great name. Um, I don't know. I've had to think about this. I don't know. I think I'd like to just be a sort of token, you like just a sort of a, a, the lower mid card uh, member of the Heenan family. And I think if I was going to, like, you know, Bobby Heenan's in the ring with with Andre and Haku and everybody else. And, you know, he announces me as his newest act. I, no, you know what? I'm going to change my mind because that would be fun. But I'm going to have to stick with 95 and be part of the Dollar Corporation. I like it. I didn't you know, realise it, it was any time. I thought it was current oh, day. Oh, no, no, man. Any time through wrestling history, any 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 stable you want. Do you have to reevaluate your answer? You've probably got, and this is no disrespect, so I think the, the whole inner circle and everything that's happening in AEW's cube, you probably thought... Really? That's what you're going for? <laughs> well, Everything? I wasn't going to. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't going to shoot you down live on air, but you know. <laughs> but, wow. uh, I mean, it's, it's it's. Hey, no, no, I'm not going to judge you on your on your choice for that. They're a, they're a big deal. No, I mean, no, absolutely. Uh, and that's not to slight it. Absolutely not at all. But I guess if we're talking, well, you've got history. E- you've got yeah. yeah. If we're talking anything ever then I'm coming out with green glow sticks and telling people to suck it <laughs> all day long. That's, that's, that's where I've got to be. What I love Triple H. Uh, the, just the, 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 the X. Because I I'm love thinking, them so much. That's, well, that's fair enough, and that makes a lot of sense. And you might get to ride in a tank, which, you know, is fucking awesome. You might. You might get to declare war on Ted Turner, you know. Worst options for your career. I think, I think, yeah, I think I'm going to go for the, the million dollar corporation, you know, to, to, to team up with the when it was like Bam Bam and Kama and Tatanka. I wouldn't, I'll just get thrown into that mix of odd, oddballs who, you know, have just said yes to the almighty dollar. And I think I'd probably come out to cream by Wu Tang and, you know, Cash fools everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, 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 dollar. I think I'd have to come out of that. Um, and that's how I'm announced, and that's how I come come out. And I come dressed up as 
the equivalent of, you know, the biggest rap idols in wrestling at the time being Men on a Mission. I'd have to come out looking a bit like Men on a Mission. Yeah. And come out to Cream by Wu-Tang Clan and join the Million Dollar Corporation. I think that's that's what it would have to be. Simple as that, really. Um, It could work. It it would have to work because that's my... (laughs) (laughs) I'd be getting me P45 the week after. Um, I'd be, I'd basically be Oscar for a week, <laughs> but, um, but no man. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that kind of, co- oh, we've got one more question in, in fact, yes, we do. We've got a late, late entry from, uh, our friend Tippy. Um, okay. now he asks, uh, if you've got to work on any figure design, I mean, we talked about the idea of bringing a cartoon back from the past and things like that. If you could work on any figure design, so a similar kind of question, but regarding a figure design what would it be and what would you add to it? So if there was like a, a, a figure brand that you could bring back, even if it was just for like a, a one series, a limited design run or something like that, what would you what would you bring back as a nostalgic kick into okay. 2021? So, I'm, so it's not working on an existing figure and changing something out, but rather bringing something back. Um, yeah, if, if there was something that you'd bring back, I mean, it might be it might be a nostalgic line. They've got things out there now under different things. It could be a line that's out there currently um i'm gonna i'm gonna interpret it the interpret it this from if it might be a line that's out there currently but you want a different type of figure maybe or something like that you know they might have a they might have a reaction figure out there but you want to bring it into the more marvel universal figurines or something like that um but part two of his question there is a part two of his question okay. as well this is arguably harder to answer okay. um, who would win out of a fight Lionel or or he-man what That's a, a question, a... right? I'll, uh, I'll have to come back to that. Um, so, yeah, figures are really interesting. So I think, um, you know, don't get me wrong, you get figures in, in, in different scales, you know, whether it be the original, so obviously you get your Star Wars three and three quarter size, which, which your G.I. Joes are in, and which reaction figures are in. Um, then you get your sort of Masters of the Universe ones, which are like four and a half, and which you've seen other people do, and Funko done like the Savage World um, and stuff like that. The pod figures uh, are in that style. Obviously, Hasbro style figures, which Hasbro did, and, and which Jella are doing, and, and which Zombie's doing, uh, which Mattel did. And um, see a lot of in six inch. NECA obviously covers so many different properties as well, and things that are maybe movies that that we loved as kids even though we maybe shouldn't have like predator and terminator because we were slightly too young but things that you really appreciated then that, that that they're putting out that you can have lots of different things in the same universe super seven really similar so i don't know if there's any property that's untouched there's well there's two things i'd like I'm, I'm maybe going off off courses so I'll, I'll give one answer and then the other so i think um one thing I really like, so I said that I've fallen in love with the, the Masters of the Universe Origins figures that have come back out now. And and, now, and actually that was through some of the guys in, in HWO posting pictures of them loose. And, and I've, I've got some, and I was really fortunate to stumble on a, a batch loose on, on eBay that ended up going for good value. So I got them loose. I didn't have that dilemma of whether or not I opened them because, you know, I want to open them and I want to pose them. But what i really like about the masters of the universe origins figures is that they're they're true to the 80s figures but with updated articulation so funko um sorry super seven 
had the the Masters of the Universe license, and they were they were putting out figures in the same style as the eighties ones, but they're from the filmation cartoon, you know. And I I think I'm right in saying that all the ones in the Super Seven line are based on the characters as they appear in the filmation cartoon, whereas the ones Mattel are putting out at the moment are reimagining, but effectively the same figure updated as the early 80s ones which really appeals to me but because the articulation is so good you've got the elbow joint you've got the knee joints you can really pose them however you want and I love sitting there and doing that I don't just like looking them at the package I like setting them up in poses you know ready for a display or whatever and just generally like as we've been talking I've got um I've got two figures on my desk that I play around with all the time and I just sort of do that um so I like what they've done in taking an old concept bringing it out almost the same but with updated articulation so i think what i would like to see would be the real ghostbusters Mm -hmm. like that so hasbro re-released the original uh, the original real ghostbusters figures in exactly the same format you know the same card in same figure brilliant i'm not going to open them because i love the card and they sit at the back of my display they're really bright and bold and beautiful and it's it's fantastic because they're figures that i wasn't going to go and buy the vintage figures again on card um, for the prices that they're going for but for 16.99 i can have each figure and it's on its card and it looks great i would love to see them do real, real ghostbusters but with our updated articulation for posability and stuff so you could set up good like dioramas and and all that kind of jazz. So I would probably go with the, the formula that Mattel have taken with, with He-Man Origins and apply that to real Ghostbusters, I think. Um, if it was any line, though, if I could bring anything into a toy line, I'd love to do um, a line, lines based on music. So you've had loads of different things where Funko have done music and Necker have done music. But if I could have a six-inch line maybe like ultimate figures with interchangeable heads and body parts and i could have m&m and dr dre and ice cube and tupac and biggie as figures all on my desk in front of me and change parts around and also that would be the best for me and, and not just stopping at hip-hop you know but just across music in general and get as many licenses into that as possible for me what am i what i'm wanting the hip-hop and i'm wanting new metal from probably 95 up till around about 2002 that's my and and some some rock and some metal in there as well for good measure but i would love that i like fully articulated you're happy to take out the package it's not just like a statue fully articulated interchangeable music figures yeah that'd be so i mean we've we've only ever like the likes of mcfarlane and things like that before i know that reaction made a hell of a lot of them in fairness to them like they've um what's the word i'm thinking of here they've they've they did a lot of work with with some rock bands including like iron maiden they made a lot of you know eddie the iron maiden i think they knocked out about 15 different versions of eddie um i saw them all in hmv at one day for like about 20 quid each um, and there were obviously there's, there's multiple different variations of Eddie through the years, different album covers, and different, different album covers, di- yeah. yeah, all that kind of stuff. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the stuff on stage where it, there's always a personification of Eddie on stage, whether it's a, a giant 50 foot ghoul or just a guy dressed up in the back or whatever. But there's there's always a, a physical version of him. So they've, they've they've made these reaction action figures based on Eddie, and I just think 
there's such they they've tapped into something really interesting there because for me i think i can't i mean we're getting the hasbro stuff because that would be my obvious answer to everything but we're getting it it's as simple yeah, as that. It's exactly so that that's fine um for me because it because of my collections in the past and i've got a lot of collections of things i'm a big kenneth uh, aliens fan as well the, the kennel yeah. line that brought, i've got shitloads of their stuff and they were about sort of i think they were about four and a half inches roughly something like that at all they're a nice set but i'm gonna have to go for the gi joe scale one eighteenth, the the yeah. three and three quarter inch figures the the with the with the articulation in the knee joints and the and the waist and the elbows and things like that um i'd go for a gi joe figure style and i'm struggling with what franchise because there'd be a few franchises i'd absolutely bloody love to do josie's wheeled warriors is one of them because there was never a line made of them but i mean that's pretty niche yeah <laughs> so if i'm going to do a niche one to, to tickle my own giblets i think um i'd have to do one for the wider scope audience and i'd bring out uh deluxe articulated six inch figure line of famous youtubers <laughs> yeah you, you know, know i, I know I know one or two. I know one or two of my friends that they're, they're pretty well-known YouTubers, um, and I have discussed with them quite recently about the idea of figure lines because, especially when one of them only ever, you know, part of his channel is reviewing um, old-school merch and old-school retro lines of all sorts of franchises through the years. And I thought, look, you've had films out, you've had books out, you've got your own YouTube channel, you've got close to two million subscribers and you review action figures from the 80s and 90s, why don't you have your own nostalgic line out? And he's like, yeah, consideration process kicking in. So, you know what I mean? I think there is um, the scope for something like that. I don't know. I think there is anyway. I think the idea of having a uh, a figure line of famous um, online people would probably work. I mean, hell, they brought a bloody porn stars figure line a few years ago. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. if they're getting their own action figures, then you know, um, you should as well. <laughs> it's all about the market, isn't it? That's either, it. That's it. You're either going for someone who's into a new property now, or for the most part, certainly the stuff for the most part that we're interested in is nostalgic properties. Yeah. You know, that's what. And so that's that's the the thing of it, isn't it? I think it's very hard to get something brand new a new property into market now in a toy form and have the kids buy it and also you know is it a collectible or is it a toy because the two are different for sure i'd love i'd love this is where you see but this is where the the crossover franchising could really work so you have wrestlers on the likes of mortal kombat games but then you start getting mortal kombat figures in scale with elites you know as part of the crossover franchise deal Yes. That would be mint, wouldn't it? You know, having uh, non-WWE characters entering the, the WWE or whomever, AEW action figure world and being part of that line with the with the crossover appeal being that those wrestlers then feature in said game franchise or whatever. That would be mint. Oh, that, I agree. I that agree. That would be so good. It's, if, we, we're not going to see it. It's, it's pure fantasy, obviously. But If you can do that at a good price point, that's because obviously you can... You can collect so much from NECA and you can collect so much from Super 7. The product is phenomenal, but, you know, it's collector prices. 
it's potentially waiting quite a long time for pre-orders to come through. If you can get a product like that and it's on the shelf, it can be in the toy aisle and it can be for kids and for adults, you know. Definitely. But I think the it's idea getting of... it out there like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think the idea, you know, the idea of having characters such as, you know, Scorpion and, and Sub-Zero, Reptile, etc., um, Kitana, Melina, all those kind of characters, Sonya Blade, all those kind of characters would fit so well into the WWE universe as well and, and beyond. I mean, the, the likes of Sub-Zero and Scorpio aren't a million miles away from the likes of Phoenix uh, you know what I mean, and yeah. uh, Pentagon Junior. It, it all kind of merges in quite well. I'd, oh God, I'm just ex- I just excite myself sometimes with unrealistic <laughs> expectations. I, I think you're right. I think develop a game first, see if that works, and then see if, it, if it does, <laughs> then then let's get the toys off. We've it. got a plan. We've got a plan. Yeah. <laughs> let's crack on. Uh, as if That's we aren't it. busy enough. Oh, but, but um, to Tippy's other question. Mm. So we'll end the show on this answer. This is this is how we're going to end the show. So this is uh, your 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 finale, <laughs> your grand I, finale. I don't want to alienate fans of either franchise with this because I am a fan of both franchises and and it's I. It's not going to a think... time limit draw. It's not going to a time limit draw. All right? No, no, no. It, it's, there's <laughs> got to be a, there's got to be a winner. And I, and I think that of the two. You know, and they've obviously got their swords as well, the Sword of Omens and the Sword of Powers. I think it's going to come down to the person with the most power, and that is invariably going to be He-Man, I think. Obviously, Lino would wipe the floor with Prince Adam, goes about saying. But I think He-Man just edges him. Just edges him. Yeah, I think he's been set up. it's, It's almost akin to Superman versus Batman, isn't it? Yeah, Batman's and, cool. He's got gadgets. He's, he's you know he's, he's hard as nails, but he can't fly to different planets. That's the that's the ultimate crack in it. Like he can't stop a train by flying head on into it, and that's the reality of it. One of them's hard as nails with kind of a bit of power behind him. The other one can control the universe if he really wanted to. Yeah, DC kind of shot themselves in the foot, but well, not because it's marketing genius, but. With with Superman, they basically said, yeah, give him, give him fucking it, everything. Laser vision, yeah. <laughs> X-ray vision, yeah. Light, yeah. Bulletproof, invulnerable. Freeze breath. Anything yeah. that you want. Superman's got it. Yeah, he's on sandwich. Like, I, did right, I, I get him being strong, and I get him being invulnerable, and I get him being super fast and fine. But the laser eyes and the Breathe breath. Where does that come from? I know. I know. But, yeah. but anyway, I've heard you can eat a bag of chips without even opening his mouth. He's that. Hundred percent. No one can beat Superman. You no. know, and, and people say, well, what about Krypton? One thing, one rock, which is scarcely found anywhere, is his weakness. How many weaknesses do everyone? You know, Batman can get food poisoning. Right? I'll tell you what, if Batman shot in the face, in the part of his visor. In the part of his face, which isn't covered by his mask, he can get shot. He can get poisoned. He can get pushed off a cliff. He can get run over with a tank. <laughs> you know, any number of things. It's, it's madness to think that anyone can stand up to Superman, but it is what it is. The reality is, right, if Batman could make his way to Krypton, then... I'd say he's in with it. He's, he's, 
you know, if he can do that, then he's in with a chance. But the reality is, he's never going to be able to make his way to Krypton. <laughs> well, Krypton <laughs> because Krypton's gone now, though, isn't it? Well, well exactly. Well, there is that. But point being, he, he, he's never going to. He'd, he'd have never had the ability to ever have, you know, retrieved kryptonite or have sourced it. He's never going to be able to well it or go on mining for it, is he? You know, he's he, he lives in a the basement of a mansion. <laughs> like, he's, <laughs> he, he can't fly to different planets. Um, and, and I, love I think that's, that. that's all the what it comes down to. And I, and I do like Batman. I've got to say, I, the, the first Batman movie is still up there in my in my top ten films of all time. I absolutely love it. Um, and I love a lot of the franchise. You know, I love them both. But it's not even as it's it's we don't you know it's it's the same. Everybody has the same conclusion to this. It's or if they don't, they're just doing it for argument's sake. You can't beat Superman because he's he's it's a, it's not a fair fight. And yeah. I think. That ultimately answers the the tippy question there as well. Lionel's mint, but at the end of the day, he's he's just a rock hard man cat, isn't he? Uh, whereas He Man can at times control the entire power of the universe, yeah, and absorb it to super Absolutely. strength. Although arg- arguably the most powerful being in certainly in the filmation cartoon, the He Man cartoon we grew up watching is Orko. Mm-hmm. Even even though he's this, uh, this court jester character, um, he and some might look at him and think, oh, he's an, an unnecessarily cute character with amongst all these brutes, for want of a better word. But, uh, but I love Orko, and he's the most powerful character, and he'd beat both of them. And he Orko would. would certainly beat Snarf. Yeah, no, I think so. Could could he beat Superman? That's a fight, isn't it? That's a proper question. I don't know. His powers might be infinite as well. But he's also got a conscience like Superman. When Superman goes rogue, let's be honest, if Superman was to go rogue and lose his conscience, no one could stand up to him. Superman Superman goes postal. (laughs) You you don't want to be on the same planet. (laughs) I'm sick of working stacking shelves in that new station. I've had enough. (laughs) Flips it over. Exactly that. Yeah. So yeah, well, he's that I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, the correct answer, I think, is the the truth to that. I love Liner, but I think you've 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 nailed it there. Um, and on that note, do you want to tell people where they can find you, how they can ask you more questions that you already know the answers to, and where to find your wares, your designs, your t-shirts, things like that, mate. Yeah, well, if anyone wants to, to give me a follow, it's TTD Wrestling on um, both Twitter and Instagram. On Facebook as well, um, but I'm not as receptive to messages there, mainly because Facebook, the way that you send messages on there and request to people, I don't get notifications for it. I find it quite quite annoying on, on, on Facebook. But yeah, Instagram and Twitter, certainly. And then I've got links to my Pro Wrestling Tea store on there if anyone wants to hit me up for Dead Fed stuff. I've said that commissions are closed and... Yeah, you know, unfortunately, that is the way it is. But by all means, if anyone wants to hit me up to talk about whatever, um, be it something to work on now or in the future, feel free. Um, but yeah, TTD Wrestling, that's that's how to find me. Awesome stuff. And do you want to plug the podcast that you're part of as well? I would love to plug the Major Wrestling Figure podcast. So I think it's a, it's a brand that's just growing from strength to strength. You would have seen that they've, uh, that we launched the uh, the Major Pod Network Indeed. recently, so you can, as well as looking for the Major WF Pod handles, you can look for Major Pod Network, which is which has now got the six shows on it, which is cool. So that's got 
as well as you know the pod you've got marks off the hot rope uh you've got game marks podcast which is cool uh fwf which which is crazy you know the the figure wrestling federation the fact that a podcast of brian and matt fantasy booking uh wrestling matches using using figures has got so much popularity it's just amazing it's mint. Uh, it's, it's been it's a long brilliant. it's a thing that's been going for a long time in terms of figure feds and stuff so the fact that they've just popularized it to the, to the extent that they have is tremendous work yeah. i love it so you've got that show on there um you've got brian's extreme conversations which gives some really good insights into um ecw characters and and yeah. and the wrestling scene and then matt's um mc true long island story which which just launched on wednesday uh wednesday past so if you're listening to this next week it will be the wednesday two weeks back so uh i want to say the 17th of february i think it was but that's that's really cool you know matt's going back matt talks in the first episode about how he gets into wrestling and and the character the creation of zach Ryder and stuff and more critically it's 10 years since he went on the internet and started up um z true long island story so he's going back and looking at those episodes and it's it's just cool it's just cool because um i I just find that really interesting what he was doing 10 years ago to 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 really get out there and and push himself you know and make himself visible and it's something that he does in in the podcast in general he's got such good vision i've talked about his creativity and his but that vision as well to keep pushing and have an idea of, of, of where he wants to get to and and tapping into to the resources to do that. So, yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough of the podcast and the guys and, and everything that's now on the, the Major Pod Network. Check it out. Amazing stuff, man. Thanks very much for that. Um, what we will say is, because this show is technically being recorded before we announce the competition that we were in on the weekend, but will be aired after the competition goes live. So I can mention that um, we, as you will know, if you've checked out our pinned tweet on Twitter at Grapple Arcade, you will see that we're running a competition alongside Cello Toys um, as part of our Blue Meanie interview. We're giving away the two-pack with Josh and Blue Meanie um, from Cello Toys, along with some artwork from Tippy. So all you need to do is check out that pinned tweet to enter and check out the interview with those dudes as well because it's a hell of a laugh with uh, Meanie and Josh on the show. So, yeah, go and check that out. Have a lot of fun. Thanks, everybody, for for stopping by for this three-hour monster of a show. <laughs> um, it's fantastic. Um, take, listen to it all in one go. Listen to it in parts, however you want. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. You can Me check too. out our other. Oh, it's been a minute, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been class, and I know that we'll uh, we'll be catching up to have a bit of a chat about some other bits and bobs in the very near future. Um, I I feel like anyone listening to this, to me, this is like two blokes chatting in a pub. I feel it's yes. like someone's been sitting in and listening on that conversation. <laughs> you know what? Apart from like, even when we get wrestlers on or whomever it may be, people who've maybe been in the public domain, we can we can't get over the fact that people tune in to listen like you know we we, we are so seriously like in debt to a lot of people to all of our listeners we, we we love it we do it for a laugh people are listening people get in touch we i can't believe how we've got to where we've got to with things we do it for fun we don't do it to make money from this um everything's always free for our listeners because to be honest with you none of us are business lads we would never clue how to monetize it anyway but we do it for fun uh we've 
got we got our figures back in January there. We've just in January we hit twenty five point seven thousand downloads, which wow. blows my mind. I can't That's get amazing, over that at all. Dude. It's it's insane. Um, so thank it's you to big all volumes. of you. Well, content. I was going to say thank you to all of those bloody weirdos who tune in. Uh, we were all massively appreciated. Um, you know, it's mint. So thank you, man. Really appreciate you coming on, Ryan. It's It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Everybody go and check out his work and we will catch you all very, very soon on bbgwrestling.com. Adios. Cheers.